Ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Hello and welcome back to the Shared Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Susan, and today we have another Saturday bonus episode where I'm talking more in depth about student-created games, which I had as one of my activities for students in the Beyond the Book Club, episode number 83. So you might want to take a listen to that one and then come right on back and listen to this episode. Okay, so adding student-created games into your reading rotations can really help those higher learners work on some of the independent skills that they really need to complete a project independently. So this is why I love having student-created games. Not only are they fun and engaging for students, but you can really see some of those skill sets emerge that you might not have seen otherwise, especially in terms of creativity. Now, students can create games alone with a partner or in a small group. And this is a really great way, like I just mentioned, for having your higher achieving students shine. You might have students completing games alone if they have a little bit more trouble getting along with other students in the classroom, or maybe they're just an outlier and there's not very many people on their reading level, so you might just have them working independently. I like to usually have students work in partners depending on the grade level I teach. So for first and second grade, it's usually recommended for partner work just because they can help keep each other on track, especially if this is an ongoing project that's going to take them a couple of rotation days to complete. Now, you do not have to have a reading-focused game just because this is completed during your traditional reading small groups or reading intervention times. At least for me, it really depends on your admin, but if they don't say anything about what to do with your higher students, then by all means, go for it. Games can be created on any subjects the student needs for the review or just a topic in general that your students are already working on that you want to have them cover. Having a clear idea of what the finished student-created games will look like are really going to set your students up for success. So you might want to think about what style of game are they going to create? What, are they, what is it going to look like when it's finished? Are they going to be creating board games? Are they going to have some kind of review game? I'm thinking like Jeopardy style. Or is it going to be some kind of card game? And when I think of card games, I think of things like Go Fish or Crazy Eights, something simple that the students can replicate, but maybe have some kind of review focus on the cards instead of just like a picture that they need to match. Maybe it's uh, matching up definitions with the word if they're working on like maybe a science content. So that could be something really fun to do about like, especially landforms. Those seem to be a little harder for those second graders to learn. 
So a landform review game would be really fun to do as a card game. Now, I would have examples of the type of projects that I would want students to create. Now, these examples don't necessarily have to be student-created, especially if you've never done this kind of project in your classroom before, but it can be store-bought games students are familiar with. Head to the Dollar Tree. A lot of times they have like miniature versions or travel car games that you can bring in and show your students. The point is to show them what is included in a game pack. So the things that they might need, like are they going to need dice? Are they gonna need some kind of manipulative to move around on the game board? Are they gonna even need a game board? Or is it just some kind of card game with like a directions card? But showing them those pieces that are in even store-bought games can really help start their wheels turning on what they want to do with their own game board. And I'm sure if they're very familiar with games, then as soon as you mention that they're going to be creating one, they're going to have a great idea just already about what that's going to look like based on their own experiences. I would suggest taking a few minutes to pull the students aside and really showing them how to play the example games and pointing out those things I just mentioned, like the materials that are included and the rules that are needed, and really model the expectations of what their student-created game is going to look like. Now, teacher expectations for games. As with all independent projects, I would recommend having very clear expectations for students. The more clear you are, and I've said this before on the podcast, the better the students are going to understand what's happening in the classroom and they're going to understand what they need to produce. When we don't give them as many clear expectations, then that's where we start seeing behaviors and off-task behaviors, I guess, (laughs) not to say behaviors twice, but you do start seeing those off-task behaviors, maybe less motivation because they're kind of confused and they just don't know what to do. So make sure you really know what you want out of your students for them doing this activity. You're gonna model how to begin brainstorming ideas for them for their game, or maybe you're gonna provide them with some kind of outline for students to complete to kind of guide their project along. Again, it's going to depend on the grade level you teach to determine how much scaffolding is needed to have a successful project in the end. All students, and this is just my recommendation, but I think all students should have a rubric or some kind of plan to follow, especially if this is going to be a graded project. A rubric might include sections about game rules, creativity, directions how to play, and accuracy of the material that they're covering. Remember, because you want this to be a subject review game, so you want to make sure that what they're reviewing and what kids are playing and learning is going to be accurate. You don't want their matching word and definition not to be the correct ones if other students are going to be playing this in reviewing. So it's a way for you to see if they understand the material correctly as well. Now, you want to make sure that the students have a rubric to follow and that rubric's gonna talk about all those things, right? And then students are going to be able to explain how to have others play their game. Whether it's actually having them direct another student on how to play, or maybe it's just having you pull them aside and saying, okay, how do I play this? And then walking you through the process of their game. That will kind of help you understand their level of understanding themselves on what they've created. Now, for student-created games, there's lots of options for what they can create. They can create review games, 
a strategy board game or a collaborative storytelling game. I'm sure there's many, many more out there, but for this short and sweet episode, I just wanted to touch on three of them. So first up is the student review game. So this might include playing cards with multiple choice questions about the content on each card and a board game for students to advance on with the correct answers. So it's kind of a gamified version, right? Of them being able to actually do a hands-on manipulation of something. So it's always more engaging when you add a spinner or some kind of board game. So keep that in mind when you're thinking of what your expectations are for the students. The second option is a strategy board game. And this can be more challenging for some students, but many of your students will rise to the occasion, so don't just discount it right off the bat. The more familiar students are with playing different board games, the easier this option will be for them. So a strategy board game example might be, like I said earlier, Monopoly or Risk. Those are great strategy board games that students might be familiar with. And last but not least is the collaborative storytelling game. And this can be a really fun way to test students on understanding the different story elements. Students can create the basic story and then the game cards can be used as they move around the game board to add plot twists, characters, or other story elements. I would love to know which student created game option you're going to try. So again, my three recommendations for this podcast episode were review games, a strategy board game, or a collaborative storytelling game. So don't be afraid to leave me a comment, especially if you do it on Apple Podcasts. Then I can see the review, how you rate it, and if you are excited to try some board games. So thank you so much for listening to this Saturday episode and tune in for Wednesday for an all new episode. Bye for now. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching, hitting that subscribe button, and leaving us a review on iTunes so we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on shareteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast. For all means, warmth.